Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Music in My Life. I'm already giggling because we've been chatting before this recorded started, already laughing. Um, so today I'm talking to a really good friend of mine. She's someone I greatly admire in the sporting world and has many an accolade. Katie Walsh began her riding career back in 2003 after being successful in eventing and she is one of only three women to ride a winner in the Irish Grand National which was in 2015. She also came third riding the wonderful and very well-known Seabass in her Grand National debut in 2012 and that's still the best finish achieved by a female jockey in the Grand National. In 2018, she rode her third winner of the Cheltenham Festival, which is a grade one race and an incredibly exhilarating one, to say the least. She came from the back of the field and came out to catch the leader. It was incredibly exciting to watch if you haven't seen that. These are just a few of her sporting achievements. And as well as this, Katie is an ambassador for the Jockey Club and Aintree's Grand National Festival, which is where we first met. And like me, Katie is a relatively new mum. Katie, thank you so, so much for joining me today. How are you doing, first of all? How has life been during this strange time, during lockdown? Um, tell me a little bit about how life has been for you over the past few months. Hey, Laura, how's it going? Obviously, I'm uh, absolutely delighted uh, to be involved in this. I'm a big fan of your music podcast, so uh, but d- delighted to be having this type of a conversation with you. Um, yeah, you know, it has been. Sure, it has been different, Laura, hasn't it? I mean, you and I know both. I mean new mom as well and um challenges you know there's been plenty of them but I suppose we're different sides of the pond and uh we've got a lot of lockdowns here at the minute and different things it's just so different and very strange and I just think as we face into into the winter it's going to be very hard for people and um I just hope there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel and I don't know what normal is going to be, but I can't wait for it to come back. I can't wait to go dancing. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm definitely missing a, a, a little bit of dancing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I really miss just that human interaction at the moment. It feels so strange to kind of start a conversation with someone without giving them that hello or that warm hug or, you know, it's really tough. And I suppose, like you say, you know, being relatively new mum as well, has that been hard? Has your family kind of been able to see your your daughter or has it been quite difficult? Oh, well, it's been good for us, actually, because obviously I'm involved in a family run business here here at home and um, there's a lot of horses here. And so I was able to travel from from home to work here every day where my family are. So I was one of the lucky ones. So um, Stevie has been here with me um, throughout. And so she travels over and back with me and my mom very kindly looks after her while um, I'm out 
in the yard and along with her she's been lucky with her nieces and my sister as well so um we we very lucky uh, compared to other people but um listen it hasn't been easy but um it is the times are what they are and we all just need to work together i suppose and get through it as best we can yeah absolutely and i i mentioned um actually in in the introduction you know for you riding in the grand national something like that for people who who don't know a lot about horse racing um or what you do you know uh, as a job as a jockey uh, recently retired of course but take take me through and take the listeners through like what what it kind of takes to be able to get a get a ride in the grand national oh you know you have to be so lucky and that's i mean i was um I was blessed to be involved in an industry and still I'm in it. I was born into it, but it's something that I absolutely love. And it's, um, there was nothing else that I wanted to do or wanted to be. And um, I never thought for one minute when I was a child growing up, you know, looking at different movies and, um, you know, watching nationals over the years and national velvet, obviously. And, you know, thinking, God, you know, imagine if, if, if you, could ride in a national you you talk about the national it's known worldwide and there is only one national in people's eyes even though there's an Irish national and an English national and an Ulster national and different nationals everywhere but there is only one and that is the Aintree Grand National and um, I suppose as a child I was very lucky to have ponies and um, we used to build little national courses here you know whether it be up the field or when we were off the ponies out in the back garden building different fences that were um beachers or, or the chair or valentines and um you know you'd be playing and running around so growing up it was just always in our lives and it was it was just a race that you kind of dreamed about being involved in in any way and we were lucky enough um that my father had trained a couple of horses to run in it and um my brother was, was a jockey as well he's now retired and he rode the winner for my dad back in 2000 on a horse called papillon and uh, that was a great time in our lives um huge family time and um it was you know i can't describe the excitement and the emotion and i could you nearly get emotional talking about it it's so clear even though it's uh, hard to believe it was that long ago you know so 20 years so um it's such such a dis- i suppose a memory that it's as if it was yesterday and it's great to be able to hang on to that and to be able to experience that with all of them you know to be 15 I went over in the box with him and looked after him and led him up and I knew what it meant how special it was to be here to lead up a horse in the national so for him to win it really was the icing on the cake and it was a great time in all our lives and then I got my license I suppose a couple of years after that and you know, it's never dreamt or thought that the opportunity would arise for me to ride in a national, but it did. And uh, I was very lucky to ride one for my father called Seabass. And um, he was fancied. It was the year 2012 and he had won every kind of race that you'd want the national horse to win on his run up to it. And um, yeah, he ran a cracker. You listen, the dream or the icing on the cake would have been for him to him to win. But he was third and uh, it was a great time in my life. And it was something that I will never, ever, ever forget. And I'll hang on to it. Um, I suppose it's there now, you know, so it will be with me for the rest of my life. But it was it was um, a, a, another great time and a great occasion. Very lucky to be involved in this game and what a wonderful sport it is. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, you mentioned so many times there, the sort of the luck that's involved. And whenever we've spoken, whether it's been during the the Grand National Festival, you know, about kind of whether it's during a course walk or, or talking to some of the other jockeys as well, you know, the word luck is used an awful lot. But also, I mean, the dedication in terms of the fitness and, and the weight and, and all these different things that I never really realized until I was more involved in the Grand National Festival, how much sort of detail goes into you know just as you say getting a horse to the Grand National getting them to that starting line and I've always wanted to ask you this and now seems like a good occasion but what does it feel like when you're at that starting line because also that you know you don't have the gates it's you're all kind of you must feel so much adrenaline and so much excitement but you're also then in control of an animal you know so what's it like because so many people must wonder to to be able to have that sense of control but also that excitement in in something as incredible as you know as you say the Aintree Grand National. Yeah I suppose for the best way for me to describe it is you know there's so many and I describe it from another jockey's point of view I know so many people in the way room that have gotten their licenses that have worked their absolute asses off to get to a certain point in their career that will never ride in a national. It'll, it'll never happen. The opportunity won't come come about. They won't get an association with a national horse. Um, it just won't happen for them. And time doesn't wait for anybody. And next thing, their career is at a different end and it's passed them by and it just never happened. So when it happened for me, uh, I know obviously it was a horse of my dad's and that that, that was the reason, you know, it, 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 it happened that there was a horse out in the yard that I was going to be able to ride and that it worked out well that Ruby picked a, a different horse to ride much obviously I gave him a lot of persuading to pick a different <laughs> yeah. horse but um you know I suppose I felt extremely honored and really appreciated the opportunity that I was after being given because I knew that so many so many people in the way room men and women would never get that opportunity and they'd give their left arm to be out there so I think when you look back up at the stands and the crowd as you're walking down to the start and you think oh my God, this is it. It cannot get any bigger than this. There's only 40 of us. There's so many people who would like to be in this position. So when you're down at the start, the adrenaline takes over and your heart leaping out through your chest and you're just like, here we go. You know, it's one of those races Mm -hmm. when you walk out the weigh room doors. In other races, people will be like, what's your plan? What do you think of doing? Best of luck. He's low to toe. He stays. I don't know, does he jump well enough? In the national, you're walking out the door and everyone's saying, best of luck enjoy yourself and that's yeah. the line that everyone just says because you just don't know what's going to happen you know mm. in a lot of races you can say I fancy such and such he's favorite he should get the trip he jumps well enough but in the national you could be odds on favorite you could be a 50 to one shot you could be a person who only trains 15 or 20 horses you could be someone who doesn't ride every second day and next thing gets a ride in the national so it's never Sometimes it is your champion jockey or champion trainer, as we have seen, but sometimes it's the underdog and it's the underdog trainer and it's the underdog jockey. And this is just the biggest race in the world to win. So when you're down at the start, every single body down at the start thinks I have a chance of winning this. So everyone is down there with their game face on thinking, here I am after getting an opportunity of a lifetime and I'm going to give this 110 because I've worked so hard to get here and here I go. So everyone is literally, 40 people will, they're in the zone and ready to rock and roll and the crowd is roaring, their heart is jumping out through through their chest, the horses are ready, the fences are in front of you, those big line of fences and you're just like, let me at it. 
Yeah, and I have to say, like, I feel ready to go out for like a race right now after hearing that. Well, <laughs> I think you need to do team talks or something. <laughs> oh God, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I feel like also, like you say, looking out as well. I've stood next to some of those fences, and I can say, you know, they are enormous. I mean, it, you know, the 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 sense of how enormous the challenges that lies ahead is just incredible. You talk about, um, you mentioned, you know, whether you're the favourite or whether you're an underdog. I think that's a great, actually, a great way to to start you know obviously what we're talking about today and I give uh, just to remind everyone I give my guests eight questions and they choose four of those uh, along with four pieces of music and this first um, song choice of yours is a song that reminds you of good times and this is a, you know a story a song which is a theme to a story which is all about I guess an underdog of sorts um, this is Carl Davis's champion so tell me why you picked this song why it reminds you of good times there is of course you know the link to racing um, uh, which people will know already, but tell me a bit why personally for you it means so much. Oh, this song puts shivers up my spine because I just, it reminds me of the National, no matter where I hear it, no matter what it is. And when I think of the National, I think of all the good times and all the good days I've had with it and all the good memories. And it just, it's a its a feeling like no other. I think that for the 20 years the national has been so good to me and my family so when I hear this song that's what it reminds me of does it make you feel really emotional when you hear it yeah it does god I don't know why but it does it just it just gives you that sensation that um you know you feel you're down at the start again I remember walking down to the start in the national in 2012 and looking up at the band plan the sorry, the band, and they play, obviously, you obviously know all this, Lauren, you're a big part of, of uh, the National as well, but the different songs that they play as you're going along, and yeah. it feels, you know, you feel like the whole crowd is looking at you, and you look up, and they're playing these songs as you go down, and it feels like, I don't know, you're going out to battle, or you're going out to war or something, and people are sending you off to say, here you go, the best of luck, off with you. And this song just reminds me of that. And not in a battle or a war, but just the good times. It just reminds me of the National. And when I think of the National, I think of really, really, really good times. Absolutely. Well, let's have a little listen to some of this uh, piece by Carl Davis now, and we'll, we'll talk some more about it. This is Champions. I love it. It's just that kind of sweeping strings that you hear. It's an entire orchestra, you know, blasting out this wonderful music. And um, for people who don't know, so that was released in or written and composed in 1983. And Carl Davis is an American-born conductor and composer um, who was born in 1936. And, and, you know, this is a piece that stood the test of time. And that's something also that classical music can do. I feel it can cross generations. And you don't have to know about classical music 
music to love it and I think this song epitomizes that and uh, for those who also might not know it is known as sort of the, the music of the Grand National um, and the story behind that song is from the film Champions which is where jockey Bob Champion was diagnosed with testicular cancer um, and he kind of went on this grueling program of chemotherapy to try and get better and alongside this happening the horse Aldenisi as well who was due to ride a ride with Bob as the jockey was facing you know his own set of, of life-threatening injuries uh, long story short they both recovered and they competed in the Grand National in 1981 and they won which I just is that not just the best story Katie? <laughs> yeah, it really is I'm sure this uh, this song means means a lot more to Bob Champion than me but um, yeah you know it's it's and it's just been synonymous I suppose with the National I mean everyone in our sport and in our field when they hear that song it really is a song that you think of you when you hear it you think of the National and I think that that's um, that's the power of music I suppose and and that's the power of you know I'm I'm not going to say I wouldn't be the best educated when it comes to classical music definitely not and uh, you know as you say you don't have to know much about it to still love it and I just absolutely love it yeah I agree with you and I have to say actually I should mention that um, another guest Mr Ed Chamberlain chose this song as well for one of his questions yeah but it it shows you the kind of you know the impact that this piece of music has had on people's lives the fact that and I suppose also that's something that you know, I should ask you, you've obviously been on the side of, of uh, being a jockey and racing. And, and, you know, as you've talked about that sort of um, incredible lead up to a race and how it feels, but obviously now you're, you know, on that side of your, you're working in, within your own family business, you're doing incredible things, taking things online as well. Um, but, but also being part of sort of the commentary as well. And is it, is it strange being on both sides of the fence? Um, yeah, I suppose it is. But then it's lovely to be still involved in it, you know, and you'll agree, obviously, you and me met through entry and um, I love being a part of that. And because it's it's all I know, Laura, you know what I mean? I, I know I know a, a lot about um, horse racing and that side of it. And I've seen it and I've seen all sides of it the ups and downs the good days and the bad days and the disappointments so I suppose I kind of feel like I can connect to it but um it was something that I loved as a jockey but yeah I do I do love then going to different race meetings and doing a bit of radio or whatever it may be and still being a part of it I love being you know it's a big thing when you leave the weigh room as a jockey you kind of go it does feel a bit weird going back to the races and not having your bag on your back. You know, you feel like, what am I going to do for the day? Like, what does everyone else do for the day? Do they just like hang around or, you know, so you kind of, when you're not going there without a job, you kind of feel like what, you kind of, you fit into this whole different role. So it's nice to be able to go back and feel like you're working and be part of it, to give back to the industry that's after giving so much to you. Yeah. Definitely. That's such a lovely way of thinking about it as well. Um, okay, so this next choice of yours is a song that screams family. Now, you can probably tell me a lot more about Christy more than I can. So I'm going to let you tell me about this particular piece of music, which I have to say, I knew it, but I hadn't listened to it in a really long time. And the lyrics are genius. They are so good. But tell me why you love Christy more, why it was probably hard for you as well to choose this particular song. Yeah, you know, it's not even really about the song. I just love the story of the song. I think it's more about the man himself and Christy Moore would be a native 
Kildare man and uh, I'm obviously well our whole family are from Kildare as well and you know he's a fantastic songwriter and storyteller um he'd be a big hero here in Ireland and we go as a family uh, to see him um a couple of times a year so anytime he's on I suppose when I think of family and I wanted to pick a song for family I think of him because he can appeal to my parents absolutely love him but then the whole way down and um, throughout our you know he just has a story for everyone and um the song is um Jocks are goes to Stuttgart and it's about Ireland um, qualifying for um, their first European Championship and it's about Jocks and a couple of the lads up in Dublin, probably not from from a working class side of town, I suppose, and um, they pack up the van and the, they're heading off for the couple of weeks while Ireland are competing in the championships and it's just the stories of the packing up the gear and the van and, you know, the beer and having the crack and it's just, it's a real Irish thing and, you know, you can see it as he's singing the song, you can you, you can see it all unfolding before your eyes and it's just, it's very home and it's very Irish and it's very, I suppose, what Ireland is like. Yeah. And and I think that's something as well that I thought when I was listening to your choices, it feels like aside from the classical piece um, champions, but the lyrics seem really, really important. And like you say, this is very kind of it has that, you know, that kind of typical Irish folk sound to the to the music. It's real kind of storytelling. And I think anyone who hasn't heard this song or, or watched any of uh, Christy Moore's music or performances, you should absolutely go and do that because it's infectious. And I think that's what, you know, great Irish folk music does. It's, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to perform some of it, but oh my goodness, when you hear and, and listen, someone do it so well, it's just in their blood it's amazing to watch and so you've obviously seen you know seen him perform live is that with your whole family yeah that that become a bit of a tradition it has done yeah like we were always would have had cds we still cds i know no one has cds anymore well i'm sure the older generation (laughs) but uh we still have christy moore cds here in the kitchen and they've got a few tapes as well banged out here (laughs) banged out now and again so um yeah i just i just think he's always been part of our lives and uh then as a family we only went recently at christmas time and uh up to see him in vicar street and the place is absolutely packed it's wedged with people and hopefully we'll get back to those times again but the atmosphere in it and the storytelling and the messing and the crack and it's just such a good night out and uh, we all look forward going as a family and um, you know he's absolutely he's a hero he really is he's not getting any younger and you know he's absolutely brilliant and uh, we all love to go and see him together as a family so I there's loads of songs I could have picked over the years but I just feel him more so than the song itself um, when I think of Christy Moore I think of us all heading off and getting some food and then going to see him so yeah, um, such a lovely memory to have let's have a little listen to some of this song and also I think let's all think about like you say back to those times where we could all be crammed into a pub and you know jostling for a, a beer or a drink and just being with family in close proximity I think it'd be yeah. nice to nice to go back there soon like you say this is yeah. some of uh, Christy Moore's Joxa Goes to Stuttgart but the session it ended when we'd finished all the stout the air mattresses inflated and the sleeping bags rolled out as one by one we fell asleep, Geoxer had a dream. He dreamt himself and Jack Charlton sat down to pick the tea. 
Jocks are gems, they bought the greed and packy burners threw it away. And that Moore and Whelan and McGraw were certainly to play. That were tempers, they began to... I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant song. And like, you can even hear the crowd there in the background. When he gets going with that, the crowd goes wild. And, uh, you know, you end up singing the song to him, you know, and he can just pick it up and go again. It, it really is uh, absolutely brilliant. So, so good. I have to come and come and join you to see him live at some point. Oh, soon, yeah, maybe. definitely. You should, you know, hopefully. I was about to say there'd be no social distancing at a Christy Moore concert. <laughs> that I can guarantee you. But um, it really is. It's something that uh, everyone should do. He's he's an absolute hero. Yeah, I agree. And so that, yeah, that song was released in 1989. And actually, I was I was reading a little bit of background about the song. And in an interview, Christy said he had a flat tire while he was driving and his friend Sid went off to try and find some help and he sat in the van and he began to doodle some ideas down and that's how the song was created and I think this is what's so interesting to me as well is we have such a strong emotional connection with a song or with a a memory and then it's so lovely to hear actually that that person who wrote that music was just in that sort of moment you know sat on the side of the road with a flat tire and then suddenly had this moment of just uh, genius musical genius and wrote an incredible piece of music like that so um I don't know if you knew that about the song or not but there's a little story for you yeah no I didn't quite know that but I could I could imagine that uh when it comes to writing a song with Christy I'd say it just comes to him in 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 the strangest of times and moments because um sometimes he plays here we've got a our talk show on a Friday night would be the Late Late Show and um he's regularly on with uh Ryan Tuberty and um, he comes on and he has his songbook and he just throws it on the ground and rolls it out and brings out the guitar and then people shout out songs from the audience and uh, it's it's super it's just a I suppose it's it's just an appreciation for pure and utter raw natural talent you know and that's um, the beauty of it as well. Yeah, I agree completely. And we should also mention that Ireland uh, had a very important goal scored in the sixth minute and, and won against England. So we should <laughs> we should remember that as well. I have to say that as an as an English person. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Hello, we're here to tell you about the Loose Lips podcast. Me being Georgie Porter. And me, Samira Mighty. We are all about honesty and not holding back, especially when it comes to what's in the news. Plus, we answer your questions and give advice wherever it's asked for. Even when it's not asked for. You can expect to hear a little bit of this. That's so... Do you know what I mean? Not really, mate. A little bit of this. Listener letter. I'm a vegan and I'm currently dating a non-vegan. Get over it, yeah. And of course... A bit of this as well. Where do you both <laughs> sit on plastic surgery? On my fake implant butt, bitches. <laughs> I don't. It's real. That's the Loose Lips podcast out every Monday and not forgetting the bonus extra lippy on Thursdays. Find it wherever you found this podcast. We'll see you there. This next song is, uh, you've chosen a song about a love. This is the Neil Diamond song, um, Forever in Blue Jeans. Tell me why this song and, you know, the the story behind it. Uh, This song was uh, the first song that um, we had the day we got married. Uh, What do you call that? Our our wedding song. Yeah, first dance, first dance. That one, Laura. That one, Laura. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I just, um, I just really like this song, and it was just something that uh, we, I suppose, the two of us like a bit of Neil Diamond, and uh, I love the words to it. It was always about, you know, forever in blue jeans, and you know, once we survived, I suppose, and we had each other, we'd always, um, everything else would happen, and uh, it just brings you back down to, you know, because people can get carried away with certain things that they want in life, and you know forever in blue jeans kind of i suppose it kind of says it all um as to the way that we felt i suppose about each other yeah i completely agree with you and i think also it's nice talking about that right now because so many of us you know everyone's situation over the last four or five months has everyone's situation is different but we're all struggling and having our own ups and downs and I think this is such a great piece of music to show that you know even Neil Diamond said himself this this is about the simple things and they're really the important things in life of course they are and I think it's it's wonderful actually to have that at your wedding day because it's a day where also you probably feel like I don't know with my wedding day I felt like it was extravagant and you know you plan this big day and and actually it's just about saying the most important words to one another on that day and and having the most important people around you isn't it yeah it is and it's just about um sure everything I'd be a big um like yourself you know family would mean an awful lot to me so having friends and family and having everyone there and you know, once we could, um, and it was an absolutely brilliant day. It was super, and I'm sure yours was the same. But I suppose when you look around and having everyone that you could want, you know, in in that one space at that one time, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. And what what really and truly do you need? You know, like once you have each other and, you know, you don't get in too deep in certain situations, you know, the rest will happen. Yeah, I agree. Let's have a little listen to this and we'll talk some more. So this is Neil Diamond's Forever in Blue Jeans. Nothing around but the sound of my heart and your sighs Money talks, but it can't sing and dance and it can't walk As long as I can have you here with me I'd much rather be forever in 
so good. I'm going to read those lyrics out. I think it's so good. Money talks, but it can't sing and dance and it can't walk. As long as I can have you here with me, I'd much rather be forever in blue jeans. Such good lyrics, like such a good piece of music. And I want to know, though, for your first dance, how did you dance to that? I can't imagine. I'm kind of rocking from side to side. <laughs> well, that's we were basically just rocking from side to side as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't really remember. I think we must have you know made some sort of a shape on the dance floor all right but I'm sure we had uh, everyone joined us fairly quickly on the dance floor because um, I wouldn't be much of a dancer either Laura I'd like to think I am but <laughs> um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be much of a dancer so I'm sure everyone had joined us on the dance floor after a few glasses of champagne I think yeah exactly exactly but also I'd say as well you know a few of my friends I've been to a few Irish weddings over in Ireland and I have to say yeah people get on the dance floor pretty quick and it finishes pretty late so um I'm sure it was such a yeah such a great day but also for you guys you now have a family you know which um both of us I suppose have been through lockdown sort of learning how to be a mum and I'm sure both of us also are quite similar in the fact that you know I always knew I wanted to go back to work quite quickly and now obviously that sort of changed and the landscape's changed with Covid I mean how's it been for you now sort of your family growing and and having a daughter and you know um she arrives early and and how, how has it been for you? Yeah, you know, it's oh, sure it's been it's definitely the best thing I've ever done. You know, it was when I retired that was my reasoning for behind retiring was that I wanted to start a family because you know that you know your career can kind of get on top of you some ways and you think I'll just give it one more year, I'll give it one more year, but you know I was just like you know this needs to you know I I, I really want this to happen you know and I was lucky enough that it did and uh, so when she she arrived it was great excitement she came um, a little bit early but um, she's perfect it's not a bother on her and it's the best thing I've ever done it's the hardest thing I've ever done you know because you're you, you I found myself that someone who'd be you know be like kind of I would think I'd be kind of relaxed towards the situation different be able to kind of handle things within my stride next thing I was you know great support and great help from my family obviously from my mom and my sister and um you know because you've never done it before you know I have I had experienced so many things before but I'd never experienced anything like this and just the not knowing you know like you know everyone says oh it's easier when you have number two (laughs) but um you know (laughs) definitely for me I was like am I right am I wrong you know is it it's the middle of the night and it's dark and it always happens in the middle of the night when it's dark and you're like is this the right thing to do is it the wrong thing wrong thing to do do you think it's the right thing and we're looking at each other and yeah so it's definitely been it's been it's been a roller coaster but it's been absolutely brilliant and uh you know I feel like she's been a been I can't imagine the world without her and I'm support you I'm I'm sure that you feel the same Laura yeah absolutely but you know what as well I'm sure when you're saying that about you know is this right am I doing the right thing am I doing the wrong thing I think so many mums and dads and and actually people out there who have even babysat and you know anyone who's sort of had that experience would be nodding their heads going I totally get what you mean and I think it is it's a love like no other and and I I kind of describe it that I'm like uh, I kind of spend the afternoon as it gets near bedtime going, oh my God, I'm exhausted. And then I'm like, oh, she's asleep. And then I'm like, oh, I want to go wake her up. 
<laughs> so it's I'm very play with strange. Her. Yeah, it's this very strange contradiction of feelings all the time. But um, yeah, I'd I say... do because you're like, oh, it's great now. She's have to go on off asleep, lovely. And she's having a lovely sleep. When do you reckon she'll wake up? Do you reckon she'll wake up? Exactly. It's so true, and I think that's kind of how you spend your days. And like you say, you know, it's actually I feel very lucky as well. In the last, you know, past few months, Harry's been able to spend lots of time with her, and um, while we've been in this lockdown situation, so I think there's yeah been some real positives from it um and and negatives of course but I feel like trying to look at those positives and having that time with you know with your new family must be really special yeah of course you know and um I do feel that um I think there's one thing to take out of this lockdown is that I think I gave people a lot of time with their families that they probably never would have had you know because they never would have made that time you know they would have made their usual holidays or their plans but you know and I'm sure you know as you say it's hard in other ways as well but it has been very special for a lot of people um but yeah but it 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 is absolutely brilliant but I do think women are absolutely fantastic I'm not taking away from the men I do think men are brilliant and I love them but I do think women are made of different gravy they're just different animals (laughs) all together to be supportive to everyone and to be organizing the household and organizing you know what's going to happen and to foresee situations to organizing babies and I just think they really are I I, I'm, I'm not a feminist or anything like that but I really do think that women are absolutely fantastic yeah no I agree with you and as you say I think when you become a mum that's something that becomes so so clear as well um I always kind of talk to my mum now since having Ottilie just in absolute awe of her having four children I'm just yeah. like, how how, how did you do it how did you do it <laughs> tell me <laughs> tell me there's actually um a, a girl who uh, I went to school with and um she had um four four babies at the same time that I had uh, what 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 is that quads is it is that what they call it oh is that quads? what as in so so one more than triplets yeah yeah quadruplets is it quads quads, quads. I think quads so every time in the middle of the night that I go oh my god Ross what's the story do you think and I just say to myself how is Nicola doing it with four of them like oh sweet mother of god I think how yeah, we, is she, we all yeah. need to be be more like Nicola in, <laughs> yeah. in those moments. yeah my god <laughs> um and then yeah this this last uh song choice of yours is a song from your childhood um again another great piece of music Galway Girl I mean just you can't get better than this piece of music and you know such an amazing again for you this sort of folk country style comes into play but tell me kind of what memories this uh conjures up for you and and why it's such a special song uh, yeah I suppose the, I'm going along a bit of the country team am I but there is loads of I could have picked so many songs Laura to be honest I mean I've been to we have a local festival up here called Oxygen and Florence and the Machine played I just remember being in the muck and the mud and she came out and it was lashing rain and she played the dog days are over and just standing there with all my mates in the lashings of rain and I thought I'd died and gone to heaven it was absolutely <laughs> I brilliant that. I could have I, I could have picked so many but um, I went with this uh, Galway um is is um there's a it's obviously a great city and it is the best crack to be had around the country and it's just so much fun and there's a big festival on in Galway at the end of um 
the end of August every year, a big racing festival. And I just remember loading up the car before I was a jockey and uh, heading down with all my friends for a week, staying in student accommodation for like half nothing, like living on beans and toast and going out seven nights a week and thought that this was absolutely brilliant. And we used to go to um, a, a pub called The Hole in the Wall and there used to be people standing on tables and this song used to go on come on and the place used to go absolutely wild so it just reminds me of packing up the car I had a blue Fiat Punto and I picked up the girls and uh, we used to head off and go racing during the day and go out at night and uh, just reminds me of my youth and uh, so many so many good times I love that let's have a listen to this song this is uh, Galway Girl Monday and I ask you friend what's a fella to do Cause her hair was black and her eyes were blue And I knew right then I'd be taking the world Down the Salt Hill Prom with a Galway girl Love that. And that was released in 2008. Um, originally, that song's written by uh, American musician Steve Earle when he was spending time in Ireland. And he decided to record it with, you know, uh, traditional Irish musician Sharon, uh, Sharon Shannon, such a tongue twister to say that amongst uh, <laughs> other <laughs> traditional Irish musicians as well. And obviously that cover version by Mundy and Sharon uh, Shannon was one of the biggest selling singles in Irish chart history. I mean, absolutely incredible. Um, but I mean... Do you think this was about, you know, the love story for him or is it for you just about a great piece of music? Oh, great piece of music for me. You know, it's just been about, you can just feel it there. I can feel my head going from side to side even when it came on. <laughs> I can just feel the pub exploding and everyone just going absolutely wild. And that's what it just reminds me on. It reminds me of Galway and it reminds me of just really good fun times. And um, yeah, as I say to you, I, 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 I could have picked so many songs for the this question and so many different situations but uh yeah just loading up the car I think and um heading off with the girls and going down to Galway and um yeah it used to be absolutely brilliant and packing a suitcase that when I look back now at the pictures of what I used to wear I thought it looked absolutely fabulous like absolutely dreadful but at the time <laughs> at the time <laughs> at the time I thought you know I, I have one picture and there's four of us standing in it and I swear I'm not cutting yet like you wouldn't in a million years I look at it and I go what was I thinking but at the time we all thought we were absolutely gorgeous you know so, yeah, well, that's, um, that's fashion for you and that's fashion for you confidence at a young is age it, is, like. is it fashion I don't know oh god I had it's a like pinstripe <laughs> what did you have a pinstripe I, I had a, I had a white pinstripe skirt that went to like mid 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 chin with a black stripe and then I had like a black t-shirt top with a cerise pink shiny blazer and, nice uh, I like yeah. that yeah it was it was yeah and I thought I looked the best of the girls <laughs> uh, Katie I think I think you should wear that for ladies day next year yeah god yeah root it out dust it off <laughs> uh, I love that maybe Stevie will wear it one day you never know no she's never going to Galway and she's never uh, going to the hole in the wall there we go there we go <laughs> a typical mum speaking there <laughs> 
That's so good. Um, so now comes the the time of this podcast where I make a suggestion to you. So this is something that I kind of, uh, based on your previous choices and, and you as a person, I've tried to find something that you wouldn't have heard before, um, but would have sort of elements of the music that we've talked about. So obviously, you know, there's this kind of traditional Irish folk music um, that's obviously such a big part of your childhood and, and your heritage. And I tried to find something that I think uh, used kind of similar influences so this is a really new release actually from Boniver, and um the song is uh called ate up all the cake but it's just named a-u-a-t-c so the acronym from it and it was released in august this year um Bonivers, it's an American indie folk band. And um, I just thought it's got this really unique sound, but elements of that country and folk music we've talked about. So let's have a listen and then you can tell me if it's a terrible suggestion or not. But here we go. What do you think? Love it, Laura. Well done. Yeah, yeah I really <laughs> like it. Actually reminds me a bit of um, Fleetwood Mac, no? Yeah, there's what a little I, bit of that. Yeah, no, no, definitely. So the um, Justin Vernon is the guy who sort of created the band. Um, he writes all the music. And I think um, the lyrics are very kind of, they're based around, you know, the current situation of the world. And I feel like a lot of the songs that you love are written about a moment in time. And I think that's, you know, very similar of this song. So I'd highly recommend to anyone actually to have a listen to it. And there's a, a really great video as well. Um, that you can see online but uh less of me chatting more of me saying thank you to you Katie for being such a wonderful guest um it's always such a pleasure to talk to you and I I can't wait to meet your little girl or for our two little girls to meet one day yeah absolutely Laura I mean um you know th- these are as I say these are strange times but hopefully we'll get through them and we must hook up for a play date and there's a lot to catch up on absolutely I agree and uh, yeah thank you so so much for your time and for some wonderful stories Thank you. I absolutely loved it. Thanks to you too for listening. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss an episode. We have some amazing guests lined up, so you'll definitely want to come back next week. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why not tell a friend and drop us a review? Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.